What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Whiskey Sessions podcast. This is episode 130. What's up, B-Pimp? I'm doing great, and we have a very special number 30 for you. It's the Curry family. Steph is 30. Dell was 30. And Seth usually wears 30, but he's got to be 31 because of the inimitable Furkan, Furkan Kirkmaz or whatever his name is on the, <laughs> on the Sixers. I got to be honest. I mean, I knew Steph wore 30, but I didn't remember Dell wore, wore 30. And I didn't know that that was Seth's preference either. Yeah. Um, but at least as of me recording this, or as of us recording this, Steph had a, a game winner last night. So this is you know, by the time we're releasing it about 10 days later, but, uh, you know, he's, the Warriors have had a good season. Steph's been a little, little off, like below Recently. 40% on the three pointers, mm-hmm. which is not common for him, but I think getting that game winner will pick him back up. Yeah. I heard he had a hand, back. he had a hand injury of some kind, like a minor one. Maybe that was affecting him or something. Yeah. GP two, uh, just, whipped a pass at him and he I don't know didn't look it into the hand you can see it just bounce off of his fingers in kind of a bad way he's been my the hero of my fantasy basketball team this year along with Shai Gilgis Alexander so I'm a nice I'm a big fan of Steph this year he's good fun to watch yeah. um all right it is episode 130 and we are breaking off a new decade of our best ofs. So folks that have listened to the podcast for a while, you'll know that we have done the best action movies, best comedy movies, best video games, best uh, albums. And what am I forgetting here? Best. I'm going to have to look. uh, TV shows. Oh yeah. TV shows. Of course. So those are the fives and we do them for each decade. We did them for the eighties. We did them for the nineties and we did them for the aughts. And now we are doing them for the 2010s. So for this episode, we're going to be doing the best action movies. Did you have any idea what your best action movie was going to be going into it? Or did you kind of have to look at a list? I did a little bit of both. And then once I, once I remembered it, it was a clear number one for me. And I kind of, my number one is kind of a teetering between action and like thriller but I love it so much that I think it qualifies. I just went with it. And, and a couple other ones on my list. I'm like, yeah, these are no brainers, but then rounding it out was a little bit tough. I think. Categorically, it's kind of hard because my number one is also like, I suppose an action movie. And then I think it's because of some marble Marvel movies, <laughs> not to be confused with marble movies. I'm a bigger fan <laughs> of the marble movies myself. <laughs> but there are a lot of movies like that in this decade that are kind of action comedies. And it's like, what does that fit as? Yeah, they're trying to appeal to everybody at the same time. Yeah. I'm also, I, I think because of that, I'm almost regretting that we ever categorized movies like this. Like maybe we should have just done best five movies. But eh, that's where we but are. But we are sticking to the, to the uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. structure. No, once you decide on something... A couple of years ago, you cannot deviate from it. That's actually one of the overall lessons of this podcast. Yes. <laughs> we also did, uh, funnily enough, like accidentally release comedy first, I think, for the aughts. Maybe. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. And I noticed that my OCD when I was going back looking to see if I had a whiskey or something, I'm like, how did we do that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I'm surprised no one like really called us out on it. We did, yeah, we did not get like a cease and desist or angry emails about that, surprisingly. 
Yeah, well, that's fortunate. Um, but before we get to those, before we get to the whiskey even, I got to say, my house is recovering from what was an extremely windy night in the Bay Area. Uh, the damage, like everything in our backyard that could have fallen down, fell down. The uh, We have like high chairs that go to a high table that barely exists because cats have like messed it up. But those two chairs fell down. Uh, a uh, Elena's mini basketball hoop fell down. Her slide, which is only two feet high, also fell down. I didn't, I didn't even know there was like enough surface area to catch on that thing to fall down. <laughs> the sandbox, her sandbox, the cover ripped off. And this is the most tragic part to me. Flew across the yard, hit our pretty much brand new grapefruit tree, which has two grapefruits on it, and knocked one of them off. <gasps> oh, yeah. no. We lost 50% of our grapefruit supply. That sucks. Yeah. Also, about like six lemons fell off the tree, but we got a million of those, so I don't care. But yeah, we've learned in a previous episode, you're swimming in lemons. <laughs> swimming in lemons. We even have a group, like a, a text group. It's a WhatsApp group that it's for parents in the area that have kids of a similar age. And the current discussion is everybody lose a lot of lemons last night. Anybody <laughs> want lemons? Nobody effing wants lemons. <laughs> it's a group that's mainly for parents of kids of a certain age. Subtext citrus. <laughs> yes. Um, and one of the worst things on the front of our house, our address sign fell off and broke. Is, oh, it broke. I was going to say, is all this stuff like, okay, it just fell or got displaced other than of course the grapefruit. Yeah. Everything is fine. Oh, the, the backyard umbrella also fell down, but like nothing, nothing broke, broke except for the address sign, which I kind of liked. So I, I literally boring. just wrote the numbers of our address on a sheet of paper in a Sharpie and I've like, taped them to the house until we get a replacement. I like that. Yeah, it's uh, no, it was really windy. And though this isn't super uncommon for us, I don't know what the hell is wrong with our power grid, but we did lose power for, I'd say under an hour, but it was like right around one in the morning and losing power for us is kind of annoying or like it makes me fearful because Elena has two sound machines in her room. So that means she's going from just a constant noise to help her fall asleep to nothing. So oh, I'm yeah. assuming like, oh God, she's going to wake up. Also, the baby monitor stops working. So if she's going to cry, she's got to cry pretty loud uh, for me to hear it through the wall. Although I usually hear it anyway, but it's just... When that happens, I have that fear of like, oh, shoot. But she didn't wake up. Oh, wow. That's pretty good. Yeah. She actually but slept caused, in a little longer than normal this morning. It's all, it must have caused you to be up for a bit in the middle of the night, probably, then. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, no, that's always yeah. bad. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it could have been worse. But uh, no, I, I'm glad that she didn't like wake up, wake up for this. Yeah, that's good. We have our power restored and not everybody in our parents group does have their power restored. Huh? Wow. Uh, I will say like, we've probably lost our power three or four times this year. It like Chicago has all of its power lines underground. 
So even in the worst storm, like I don't think, I don't personally remember ever losing power in Chicago in the 13 years being there. Oh, wow. But here we lose power all the time. And for reasons that are like totally unclear. I mean, I get the windstorm last night was bad, but other than that, I, I have no idea. Somebody at this power station's having a bad day and they decided to take it out on you. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I got my I got something bad happened to me in that neighborhood. I'm turning their power off. Well, sometimes they do it intentionally too if it's like wildfire season, because usually the fires are started by like high winds and some electrical wire mm. starting something. So yeah. to avoid that, they will actually sometimes shut the power down. But uh yeah power problems in oakland they exist that's, that's not good i'm glad to hear that for the most part it's all salvageable other than rip your address sign definitely um but looking on the bright side of things bpm both you and i this is our birthday season oh yeah so i'm february 1st you're february 7th uh i turning the uh big three seven you are turning 36, a young, fresh 36. That's right. Um, how are you feeling on the eve of your birthday? I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I, I always wonder, because, you know, it's like a common thing that people talk about, like when you turn a certain age, especially the cliche of like women when they turn 30 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I've never, I don't, I, like, I don't know that I've ever had a birthday where I was like, oh no, or like I, this turning this age is causing me to have some kind of crisis. I'm usually just like, eh, whatever. But I'm, I'm, wait, I'm always curious about that. So every time my birthday approaches, I'm like, maybe this will be the year when I start having a midlife crisis and like grow a mullet and buy a motorcycle or something. Yeah, that I, I agree with you. That hasn't happened to me either. Although I will say, I feel like turning 37, safely, I am no longer in my early 30s. Right. I haven't done the math on it, but I would say 37 is not early 30s. No, I think, yeah, that's true. I think of it that way, too. I'm going to be in the second half of the 30s, so mm-hmm. closer to 40. Yeah, check check my Instagram to see if I could still dunk a basketball. You we will. will f- find out. I don't know. I always have confidence. I'm, always, I'm nervous. Like I feel like I can do it. But I'm always nervous at this point, like it's crunch time. What if I like roll an ankle or something along those lines? Maybe. I'm oh, yeah, to. that's true. But then I would my personal opinion is you would get dispensation until your whatever injury is healed. And then you get to attempt as soon as that injury is healed. And that counts. Yeah. So we'll see if I can duck a basketball. Uh, also, we'll get to see if I know how to build a swing set. That is something else that came in the mail the other day. And it was heavy as hell. I mean, obviously, but uh, I have to construct a swing set for Elena and it's in a box. It says I can do it in two hours or less, but let me tell you, this swing set company has not met me. (laughs) Ikea knows by now not to mess with how long something is going to take me, but there's no chance I can build a full swing set in two hours. So this is going to be an all day project tomorrow, if not an all week project. (laughs) I was going to say, do you think you could do it in four? Like, can you double the amount of time? I don't think so. I like, I'm very, very stubborn in that they will say stuff like, you need a screwdriver. uh, You need a saw for this. I use a hammer for everything. It's only (laughs) hammers. If I can't, I will hammer in a screw if they give me screws. I don't care. (laughs) 
uh, my problem is I'm too deliberate. Like I follow, I keep rereading the instructions to make sure I'm like, okay, I just did that. Did I do that right? And then I'm like going to the next thing to see what I have to do instead of just looking at the step I'm on mm-hmm. and following it. Yeah. It's uh no, we'll see how that goes. I'm very curious. I'm going to wait a little bit though. Cause it's still like kind of windy. So hell if I'm building a swing set in the wind. Yeah. Uh, but tomorrow I will, I'll take it on. I would like to hear an update about the swing set. Definitely. Whenever it's completed. All right. This is whiskey session. So let's, let's uh, see what whiskey you got. I've got a very fancy whiskey that comes with a key attached to it. Whoa. It's cool. called Bl- blade and bow. And we've had, I have had blade and bow scotch and it, I looked and we didn't review it on the podcast. It must've been right before we started. Cause uh, our former guest, Brad, gave it to me as a gift and I felt like it was a part of recording, but it might've just been like us hanging out or something. Lost Cause I remember the name that was never recorded. <laughs> it could be. Yeah. Um, but I remember the name and I kept like looking through the episodes and we have not had it. And I don't even think I've had their bourbon. So this is a true reaction. First time trying it. That's exciting. Uh, yeah. It's a straight bourbon whiskey. It's from Louisville and it's uh 91 proof. 45.5%. It's got little descriptions of like all the keys. It's kind of a relic of their um, distillery. It's called the Stitzel Weller Distillery. And it's a very, very old building, I guess. So it's like kind of their whole branding is around that. And the thing I like is the, the key doubles as the way to like get the label off. Oh, that's nice. Does the key actually open anything? I'm going to see in a minute here. It very quickly helps me get this covering off. That's one step. I say you try it on every front door in your neighborhood. I think I'm going to. It doesn't really help you get the top off. It's kind of wrapped around the cork. Hmm. Okay. But yeah, I'm going to go around now and like stand awkwardly in front of all my neighbor's houses with this little key. There was a guy in our neighborhood who was trying to master key on every car in the neighborhood (laughs) until I like looked at him and he like just continued walking down the street. And then as he turned the corner, he flicked me off. As if I'm the bad guy for giving him a bad look for trying to break into the cars in our neighborhood. Hey, I'm just trying. I wasn't going to take it. Yeah, I wasn't going to do nothing. (laughs) I just wanted to see if this is a key for that car. Yeah. Oh, man. People are weird. Mm -hmm. I am in the process. I can't. We've got to make sure I don't lose this key so I can go creep out my neighbors. So I put it back where it was. Good. I'm very excited. This ha- The bottle is fancy. I've got my classic glass here. Um, and the color of this one is much darker. Um, I don't know if that's because of how the bottle is designed or whatever, but it looks at first blush a lot darker than a lot of the bourbons I have. Yeah. I really do like that bottle too. Is it, if you're looking straight down on it, is it a hexagon or an octagon? What are we talking about? It is a hexagon. So nice. you can tell. Yeah. It's like a honeycomb. Yeah. It's pretty nice. Um, Smells really good. Oh, they do have a little description. I'm not going to read all of their little keynotes, but one of them talks about um, it's aged in charred American white oak barrels to to create a whiskey with notes of sweet toasted cereal, warm winter spice, and dried fruits. And then they mature it using the rigorous Solera aging method, preserving Mm. their rarest whiskey stocks in the spirit of Stitzel Weller. Solera? What does that mean? Yeah, I'm going to have to look that up. I don't know about that. Makes me I thought there was a sun is involved somehow. Like Probably. Yeah. 
Also, wasn't there a Toyota model called the Solera at some point? That sounds right. It sounds like a discontinued car model for sure. So I think they fill up a, an old Toyota Solera with whiskey <laughs> and let it age. I like that idea. They, they open the sunroof. That's what it's <laughs> hmm. Tell you're thinking about it. First, I took a big sip on the first one. Oh boy, what a pleasant first sip. Love it. It's very oh boy out of that first sip. Yeah, it was very pleasantly. I mean, I had kind of good feeling about this one just because. I mean, look at that. You saw the bottle. That's a cool. There's bottle. no way. Yeah. There's no way they put all that effort into the bottle and they have a garbage whiskey. No, that would be. Uh, what's the point? Exactly. But it smell. It's both smells and the first taste is a very pleasant blend of a little bit of sweetness, like caramely sweetness, and a little bit of not rye level, but a little bit of kick, mm. which, which is just the perfect kind of like warming feeling that you like with a whiskey. Sitting with it on a second sip. Yeah. The second sip, I tried to focus more on the finish. It's very smooth and not as much. I think a whiskey or two ago that you had, you had one that does that really warm coating. When, you, mm-hmm. when it's going down. That's not how this one is. It's just an overall feeling of okay. kind of like a pleasant warmth to it. And I do taste the, I do taste a little bit more of the sweetness. I'm not getting the dried fruit. I never really picked that out. I don't know. I got to look into that because I'm not like trying to be an expert whiskey taster or anything, but I am curious like when they're describing those things, like what are they referring to? Yeah, maybe it'll come up in the uh, third sip, hopefully. Okay, we're going for the trifecta here. To, I'm pr- I've given it away, of course, but. We'll see if there's like a really bad curveball in this last sip. That would be hilarious. <laughs> Just like a super uneven taste suddenly. And you're like, what? Oh no. It's yeah, that's a that's on the smooth train with flying colors. Wow. Well, good for it. Blade and bow. Blade and bow is good stuff. And it is um full disclosure, it's right around I think I paid forty six dollars. Okay. So not super splurge territory, but definitely like a pricier side of things for a, for a whiskey. Yeah. At that price, you expect it to be, you know, at least pretty good, but it sounds like it's, it's even like surpassing that expectation. Yeah. I would put this, I'm going to have to, I'll, as I drink this a little bit more, I'm going to, I always revise these things, but I mean, first tasting like that's in the top, maybe five to 10 easily of all the whiskeys that I've had. It's very, very good. Nice. Well, and because the bottle is shaped like a hexagon too, if folks at home want to get like a bunch of bottles and blade and bow, it is like the most ideal shape to store it away in a cabinet. Oh yeah. You can make it, you just put, fill up a cabinet with it. Perfectly efficient. Yeah. It's great. Uh, well, good on blade and bow. Uh, another one for the smooth train. I'm glad this year I don't even have to think about, <laughs> are you giving whiskeys the boot or not? Who cares? Oh. We just want our folks at home to enjoy some good whiskey. And if the whiskey you're having is good, put it on the smooth train. That's right. And I'm, I'm now this year, I'm going for all smooth trains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's its own challenge because you got to think about when you're at the store, like, is this going to be bad? I, I'm not going to pick it then. I know. Nice. All right. Let's get back to the 2010s. We got to talk about the best action movies of the 2010s. Is there anything else you want to mention about it, B-Pimp, before we just jump into it? 
I want to get to it. I'm excited. All right, let's do it. Without further ado, then, these are the best action movies of the 2010s. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. All right, go for it. B-Pimp, what is your number five? My number five is a movie I know we both love, which is Skyfall from 2012. Ooh, good pick. Just barely missed my list. Yeah, I I mean, I, to be honest with you, not that I've enjoyed any of the previous movies I liked less or anything like that. I haven't been in it as heavy of of a Bond mood as I normally am recently. So that might have affected where this landed. I could see it being higher at some point. Um, but it's a classic, I think, Skyfall. Excellent film. It is. I think I would safely put it... I do... Out of Daniel Craig's movies, I prefer Casino Royale, but I think it's safely the second best of his movies. Yeah, I think I would agree with that, too. I rented the last one, No Time to Die, which I actually do like, but it is, like, so long. Oh, is it? We haven't we haven't seen it yet. We're trying to rewatch them all, and we've stalled out before Spectre. It is just shy of three hours. Wow, that's a lot. Really, it's the longest Bond movie ever, and it. I like it, but it feels like it is the longest Bond movie ever. Yeah, that's a that's a commitment. A lot of plot. um, (laughs) But what I like about it, and like really all Bond movies, and actually Skyfall does this really well too. Especially the like the shots in Skyland in uh, Scotland are just like really pretty scenery shots. Oh yeah, they always have great cinematography. Yeah. Uh, good pick for your number five. My number five has got five in the title and it's a dumb movie, but I think it is like perfectly dumb. It's fast five. Yeah. I'm a, I, I can get on board with the fast and the furious situation. I haven't watched I, that one, but I've seen a lot of them. I will say it's the last one I've seen. So I'm, I think I'm like four movies behind at this point. I'm not really even sure. It is, it's the best one I've seen. And this is coming from somebody who like secretly likes Tokyo Drift. But Fast Five is, it's the perfect fast movie. It's the introduction of The Rock into the franchise. It's, a lot of it is set in Brazil, like really cool settings there. It's, it's very, it's when the movie franchise took a weird turn into being like a car-centric Ocean's Eleven type thing. And it's just really good. And there's a fight scene between The Rock and Vin Diesel, which Vin Diesel improbably wins, which is absurd. <laughs> but still, it's like, it's a really well shot movie and it's just good. Yeah, I'm going to watch that one. I secretly like them, even though I know, like you said, I mean, it's not a critical favorite or anything, but they do have, a lot of people seem to like these. Yeah, this one is like legit good. I, I I can't say for sure it's the best one because again I haven't even seen six through nine, um, but it is it is quite good. Nice. All right, what's your number four? My number four contains or contains is a weird way to put it. Stars, <laughs> one of my like uh, kind of low key favorite actors in a weird way, even though his early career was cringeworthy at times. Keanu Reeves and it's John Wick. This is another one that just barely missed my list. This is a great movie. Yeah, John Wick's really good. I have a hard time rewatching it because spoiler alert at the beginning, a dog dies, and I'm always thrown into a thrown into an existential crisis when that happens. So it's hard. But yeah, that movie. But the movie after that, I mean, the action in that movie is great. Keanu Reeves is perfect for that role. 
and it's just like it's a really fun movie to watch it is and it's it's like it doesn't have it has exactly what it needs right and i feel like it is what j- makes john wick so good yeah the pacing's really good like all, it's over the top and in a way that's just like i'm on board and like it's not trying to be anything else and it's, it's not like, too long no exactly. that's my biggest complaint if a movie is longer than it should be, John Wick is exactly the length it should be. Yeah, that is probably my number one like thing that I'm looking for in a movie. If I see a running time and I'm like not sure about it, I'm out. Like, I'm <laughs> yeah, not oh, yeah. It. <laughs> like it even means like we watch a lot of horror movies because Maggie likes horror movies. I frankly don't. But the one thing I do like about horror movies, even if they're bad, at least they're like ninety minutes. What type of horror movies is Maggie into? Because I'm a fan as well, and I don't think I knew this. Um, she's up for kind of anything. Like, she doesn't... I think we both are not, like... Prefer not, like, the gore-centric horror movies. Right. But, like, Haunted House, kind of, like, para paranormal. Like, those types of movies we do end up watching quite a bit of. So, have you seen um, Hereditary? Mm. With, with uh, Tony Collette? Actually, I don't think so. Oh, you should watch that. It's horrifying. Prepare yourself, but it's great. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think you would like. I think Maggie would love it, and you would. You probably like it. It's pretty okay. good. Okay. Does it have like a lot of body gore? No. It's okay, just okay. terrifying in a like supernatural sense. All right. That's actually. We might honestly just watch that tonight. Yes. Uh, I will check that out. Okay. Um, my number four is Black Panther. And this movie, I think it's one of the best Marvel movies for sure. Um, I love the soundtrack. I love that it starts in Oakland. The cast is great. I mean, I think we're all like, I I had no idea what Chadwick Boseman was going through. No, Uh, neither did I. That was a shock. Yeah, apparently, according to my brother, it like broke my nephew's heart. Oh, wow. Uh, But... Yeah, it's it's like a it's a great movie. Really good cast. I think it's funny that like Martin Freeman is also in it because you know I I really liked him from the British Office uh, and other things that he's been in as well. But Chadwick Boseman is great, um, and uh, so is Michael B. Jordan, and it's just a good movie. It's great. It's probably my number six. It was, I, it was on my list at one point and moved off, but loved it. Really good. One of the only Marvel movies I'll rewatch. Yeah, same. I, I, I've seen most of them, but there's only a couple that I would go back to. I think Black Panther is the last one I've seen. Hmm. Okay. So you never saw the final Avengers ones? Nope. I think after Black Panther, I was like, that's it. I'm good. I'm, yeah. I like this one, and I don't care about all this other stuff. <laughs> you know, I don't really blame you, too, because... That is another issue these like MCU movies have is they're they're kind of most of them are too long. Yeah. And the final Avenger movies are definitely too long. Yeah. Uh, all right. What's your number three? My number three is it actually shocks me that it's not higher because I l- absolutely love this movie. And I was really taken off guard because I did not. I heard good critical things about it, but I didn't know a lot about it. It's called Heller High Water. Have you ever seen it? No. It's from 2016. It's got Jeff Bridges and Ben Foster, who is just unbelievable in this movie. Um, huh. And a couple other people, but it's just like a really gripping 
like action packed, t- like tense, excellently paced, great, great movie. It's highly, highly recommended. It's really good. Okay. How, how does Jeff Bridges, 2016 Jeff Bridges do on the action front? Oh, he's great. I mean, he, it's more of a, like, um, there's a lot of like gunfights and stuff. So, I mean, it's not like he's doing stunts or anything like that. He's not, he's not a Jean-Claude Van Damme. No, 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 no. <laughs> he does any, a great job at it. Though. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say no, but do you have any Jean-Claude Van Damme movies on this list? Are there? No, any? but I love, I love, no, I know, Van Damme, it. I know, it. but I can't, I can't say that I even know it. I maybe actually JCVD might've come out in the 2010s, but I never saw that. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of movies that I feel like would have been on my list if I had seen them. Yeah. Uh, all right. My number three is mission impossible ghost protocol from 2011 for the people that might not know which mission impossible this is. It's number four and it's my favorite. I actually have, I think seen all of them. Um, it's definitely my favorite of the mission impossibles by a lot. It's one where Tom Cruise is on the Burj Khalifa Tower in Dubai, which I was in Dubai for four or five days, and I made sure to make it over to the Burj Khalifa because it's the tallest building in the world. Um, And he really did that stunt, which even being inside the Burj Khalifa building, I found kind of terrifying. The fact that he was on the outside of it is... <laughs> um, but it's great. It, it's got him. It's got a good cast. And the last few of these movies have been like really well constructed. And I think this one is is the best of them. That's what I've heard. And I haven't seen these. Otherwise, I'm sure they would have ended up on my list. But it's on my list to do to watch those Mission Impossible movies. It's got. Um, I'm going to say her name wrong, but it's Leia Sadu, who then jumped over to the Bond franchise. Oh, but apparently she's made for these kind of movies, but she's really good in this one too. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. What is your number two? My number two is 2015's Mad Max Fury Road. This is the one where if I had seen it, I knew it would be on my list, but I actually have never seen it. Oh, I love it so much. It's just something. And I was thinking about it when I put my list together, it was number one for a while until I remembered what my number one ended up being. But uh, it's some, there's something about it that I can't even really describe in an effective way, but I just love watching this movie. There's like very little dialogue in the whole movie. It's a lot of just stuff happening, but you just get gripped by it. And it's like, I'm just sitting there watching it and I love every minute of it. And I want to watch it again soon because I love it so much. Am I wrong? But I've heard it's like, they're just driving the entire time. Pretty much. Yeah. That's kind of awesome. It is. It's really great. And I was kind of like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this. And then once it started, I was just like, oh, yeah, this is great. This is amazing. We need more movies like this. Yeah, I agree. Uh, All right. Great. Number two. My number two is uh, this actually is my favorite Marvel movie. Captain America, the Winter Soldier from 2014. Oh, yeah. That one's awesome. That was that's my honorable mention for me. Yeah, I love this one because it's. I mean, it is a Marvel movie, but it's got like these like espionage spy elements. Robert Redford is in it and he's really good. And it's just cool. And I remember there's this like one underground scene of like 
I don't even know how to describe it. Like a really old computer system. That's like mm-hmm. creepy and cool. And it's, it's just like, like still functioning. Yeah. It's just like a really well-made movie and well put together. And like, I, I think it's the best out of all of them. And I love when Sebastian Stan debuts as the winter soldier. Like when he like f- basically flies out in front of what's his name? The captain of America guy. And like, lands mm-hmm. in the street and you can see how he's gonna like kick his ass it's like it's a great way to debut a character oh yeah no they did like and it's like got the buddy elements too because scarlett johansson is on it so they spend like together too it just like all the elements of it work really well yeah that's a good one uh all right we're down to it your number one my number one is a movie i saw for the first time two weeks ago And is now one of my favorite movies of all time and specifically fits in this list because it's from 2019. Uh, It's called Blow the Man Down. Huh. I don't don't even think I've heard of this movie. We found it because we did, Lisa and I do a New Year's Eve. uh, Well, I guess it must have, I don't think we ended up watching on New Year's Eve. I think we watched it after that. That's why it was a couple weeks ago. But we do like a movie marathon every year Mm -hmm. and we pick a theme. And this year's theme was movies directed by women. And so this movie has a female director, so it was on our list. And I don't, we didn't get to it on, on New Year's Eve, but then we watched it a couple weeks later, and it, it is just like unbelievably good. It's about it's set in Maine. It's about uh, two younger or two like early twenties girls whose mom dies, and then they kind of like get embroiled in a crime and figure out a bunch of stuff about this town. And it's very wow. gripping and like it's kind of more towards thriller, I would say, but there is a lot of action elements to it. So that's why I felt like I could put it on, but it's, it's just unbelievably good. Blow the man down is mm-hmm. would I recognize anybody in the cast. I did not. The main, the two main actresses, I guess have been in a bunch of stuff and are kind of like big names, but I can't, I had never seen them in anything else. Um, and then the, the, the villain in the movie, she was in um, justified as like a, like a big character, I guess. Okay. Well, it's on bad. Amazon prime. I've never seen Justified before, but I'll uh, blow the man down. Okay. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, we've got our list, Hereditary and Blow the Man Down. Maggie and I are, are pretty set, which is good because we've been watching a whole lot of Dateline lately. <laughs> we've been watching Wheel of Fortune. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do on that show? I actually do really poorly. I'm, I'm not good at it. I'm really good at it. Okay. I feel That's like I my honestly weirdly fare better in Jeopardy than I do in Wheel of Fortune. I'm terrible at Jeopardy. Contestants. I'm terrible at Jeopardy. So if we pushed our brains together, we'd be unstoppable in game shows. If they ever do like a crossover episode and they do like a pairing, I'll totally do it with you. Yeah. We'll win a billion dollars. Billion dollars. As much money as they give away on that show, which is more like I don't know, twenty thousand dollars, which is heavily taxed by the time they come up. It's like nothing, right? Covers somebody won a fair. Yeah, somebody won a Jaguar SUV on it recently. I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then I remembered, like, oh, they're gonna have to pay like a lot of money for that. <laughs> uh, all right, my number one was. I'm calling it an action movie. It's debatable whether it is. But I really liked it. And weirdly, I've only seen it once and in theaters, and I haven't seen it since. But I remember thinking it was like the perfect movie when I saw it. Maybe I just can't go back to Tain It. But Inception. Ah, Inception. Okay. I just thought it was like such a creative idea. Even though I'm not really clear about a couple parts of it. I actually thought, for the most part, it was 
explained pretty well. Like the idea that the basic ideas of it made sense to me that they even established like a specific, um, how much dream time is in like normal time. I, I forget exactly what the ratio was, but it was something like dreams move like five times slower than real life. And then the dream within a dream moves like five times slower than that dream. And that all made sense to me. And it was just like, I thought so well crafted of a movie. Yeah. This is one I did not put on here because I did see it in theaters, never saw it again. And I feel like I enjoyed it when I watched it, but I could not tell you anything about it. Like what you just said, I'm like, yeah, okay. That kind of tracks with what I remember, but I, I just don't. I did not retain a lot of it other than I enjoyed it when I watched it. <laughs> the main plot of it is like, I don't want to say it's nonsense, but it's like the main plot is that they have to do all this to plant an idea, like hence the name Inception, into somebody's head to make a decision. That seems like a crazy way to go about that. Why yeah. not just threaten his family or something? Yeah, right. <laughs> like something a little more, I don't know, like mafioso, I think would work probably better and be yeah. a lot less strain. But Christopher Nolan didn't like that idea. No, <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just like really like that movie. So I, I had a That's an excellent one. number one. That's also probably a very agreed upon, maybe, you know, like I think a lot of people might say that as a number one. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I definitely enjoy it. What, uh, what are your summary honorable mentions? I had the, a couple of the Marvel movies you mentioned, like winter soldier was very high up there and black Panther. And then the only other one is hobo with a shotgun from 2011. Oh, I've never seen that. It's a Rutger Hauer is in it. And it's really, really awesome. Kind of like grungy, uh, action horror movie. Huh? Um, I put one more Marvel movie on my honorable mentions, Thor Ragnarok, which is almost just a comedy. Yeah. Um, but I had John Wick. I had Skyfall on there. And then two other movies, Snowpiercer and Edge of Tomorrow, which Edge of Tomorrow is actually really good. Yeah. These are two that I've heard good things about that I just have not seen. Snowpiercer is great, too, because if you uh, it might not be as good as Mad Max, but it it feels like it's just moving the whole time. Is it on the, It's a train that just is going yeah. the whole time, right? Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. And it's Chris Evans, the Captain America guy. Is this yes, and it's directed by the guy uh, who I I forget what his name is, so I'm not even going to guess because it would be butchering it terribly. But uh, who directed Parasite? Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, a few years later, and that movie is awesome. I tried to figure out if that movie could be on one of my lists and I decided it wasn't quite a comedy. So I'm not, but it kind of is a comedy. I don't know. Parasite's awesome though. Yeah. There were some good action movies out there. Yeah. It was hard to, for me to organize those. Cause I like the, basically any of my top three could have been a one. Yeah. And if, especially cause a couple of them I found more recently that just jumped up the list. Cause I liked them so much. Totally. Um, all right, folks at home, if you have action movies from the 2010s that you think we forgot about, go ahead and uh, hit us up on our Twitter. That's at Whiskey Sessions or email us Whiskey Sessions Music at gmail.com and we will read your email on a future episode. 
But we got uh, a few emails for this episode, so let's get to them. These are your emails. You sent us emails to read. Emails! And now we'll read them. B-Pimp, what do we got in the old email inbox? We got an uh, email from our old friend, J-Rock, a.k.a. Well, I guess it's Ryan, a.k.a. J-Rock, Ryan Burkett, who's been What's on. Up, we'll be back on soon. Um, but he sent us an email for immediate release, which I like. Mm. Uh, Good day, gentlemen. I've received at least two shout outs over the last five episodes, now three. I just want to say thank you. I am flattered and I'm glad Spotify is working out for you. A few things off the top of my head from some previous episodes. One, I find it hilarious that Andy calls it NBA 2K22. (laughs) (laughs) Andy, I'm not sure if you've had a chance to play it yet or not. If you have, I'm sorry. You might as well have purchased NBA 2K18. I say this as a disappointed owner of a bloated PlayStation 4. (laughs) I, he is like entirely right because I have 2K19 and it's the exact same effing game. That's a bummer, but whatever. Uh, number two, I believe you forgot the shake weight in the top five as seen on TV, unless it was discussed during the two minutes I was ordering Popeyes at the drive-thru. <laughs> <laughs> no, unfortunately not, but that's a good addition. That was a good commercial, but I never, I, it just didn't quite make my list. No. Um, number three, I would love to join you guys for a pot again soon. Maybe top five moments of the NBA season before playoffs start. Ooh, Anyways, I like love it. you. Love your show. Yeah, I like that idea too. Let's do it. It's uh, It's been way too long since we've had Ryan on. Oh, yeah. You should, I told him as soon as I saw that, I was like, yep, we'll be, we'll just figure out when. It might just be right after we finish the 2010s. We'll get him yeah. on. We'll be talking the end of the uh, NBA season at that point. All right. I've got another email that says, gentlemen, could a whiskey ever be so good that it gets on the smooth plane? This is from Rick in Fairfield, California. Well, Rick, um, I know you couldn't have known this, but this one that I had today might be a contender for the smooth Mm. plane. I mean, it could happen. I mean, I have nothing against airplanes. I really love trains. So to me, it's not necessarily that a plane is above a train. I mean, I know physically it is going to be almost always above a train, hopefully. But I love trains. Transit. Yeah, exactly. And it's and and to be honest with you, the fault is not with us. If the catch, if the saying, the common phrase had been, "Hey, I'm going to get on the smooth plane," yeah. that's what it would be. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not. it's not. It's the smooth train. Yeah, but uh, good looking out, Rick. Um, folks at home, again, if you want to write us, we'll read your email on an episode. You just have to write to whiskey sessions music at gmail Huh. That's it for this episode. Be pimp. 130. And we're breaking off the 2010s, which I'm excited. I'm excited to get to the comedies. I'm excited to get to the TV shows and video games and albums. Um, any words of wisdom you want to leave our listeners with? Does anybody refer to the decade of the 2010s as the teenies? The teens? The teenies. Oh, the teenies. No, but we could start. Okay. From here on out this is known as the teenies <laughs> it uh, sounds kind of creepy now that we say it a couple times yeah that's okay. probably why it wasn't that when i said from here on out i meant from here to here for one for 10 seconds it was ten known as seconds, the teenies. that's what it was known as now it is not known as that nope it's the 2010s yeah all right until next time this is amen saying peace out and be pimp saying bye